for the outtake of this podcast. <laughs> oh, oops. I pressed record without telling you. So now we've started. Really? Yeah. Should I stop it? No, I love it. We've okay. never done okay. a candid open. Candid opening. Welcome to Law School in Brief, episode 56. The most candid episode yet. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. We need to stop adding like superlatives to the beginning of our episodes. Best episode ever. Most candid episode <laughs> yet. Good point. <laughs> well, well, Lydia, it's been two and a half weeks since we've seen each other. Seen each other. No, it's been like a year and a half since we've seen each other. But it's been two and a half weeks since we've heard each other's voices. And the world has changed. Yes, Megan. Yes. It's a breathing a little easier this episode now that Donald Trump has not been reelected. Yeah, not to get too political, but I'm pretty glad that he has not been reelected. And I'm not being too political. If too political means being against Donald Trump, that's fine with me. Okay. Yeah, I can I can draw the line there too. Okay. (laughs) I almost wish that his that his like his arguments about voter fraud were were just slightly more compelling. Like I wish that there was like any way, shape, or form that this could be that they could be valid, that they could hold hold Why? water in court. Well, because that. then we would have something interesting to talk about in class, but it's like, this isn't no. even like a fun constitutional argument. Take the wish back. Something okay. so horrible just for the sake of having fun in class. No. Okay, you're absolutely right. That wasn't the spirit that, 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 that my wish was made in. I just, you know, it was, I'm, I'm more just teasing him. Yeah, I know. They, they didn't make sense. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good God. But anywho, um, Lydia, where were you on November 7th when Joe Biden was declared the victor? Um, <laughs> you know, um, you know how I've been fetching free things from Craigslist to put in my, <laughs> to put in this house I'm redoing. Yes. I think I was, I was in the car and on my way back from fetching a what was it maybe a free mantle for a fireplace and I just got a text from Billy that popped up I do not text and drive I just it it popped up I was looking at Google Maps and it just said like it's been called for Biden or something and I was like yes you know and then once I once I got home, I did the thing where you sit in your car after you've turned your car off and text people for a long time. Yes. And then like 30 minutes goes by and you're like, why am I so warm? Because you're in like an unventilated car with all the windows up. You're like, how long have I been here? <laughs> you're like scrolling through Instagram, sweating. I'm like, what am I doing? Where were you? Where was I? Um, yeah. I was... So, like, by some miracle, I was not in sleepy little suburban Greensboro, North Carolina. I was in Boys Town in the middle, the neighborhood of Chicago. (laughs) Um, And it was absolutely magical. I mean, there were people flooding the streets. There were dance parties. I mean, it was like, it was, it was, it felt like a pride parade. It was so great. And like, even when I left the neighborhood and I, and I went kind of on a walk out to the lakefront, um, the, everybody on the lakefront was popping bottles of champagne and riding bikes. And, you know, people were just cheering off the backs of their bikes, like scre- screaming, biking for Biden and things like that. You know, it was just, 
It was so good. I like That's amazing. I feel like I really missed a moment in history because I was getting videos like that from my friends in Boston and that uh wasn't happening where I live in St. Louis, Missouri. Well, no wonder you're like St. Louis is home to like those that horrible couple that like pointed guns at protesters, right? Uh yes. Unfortunately, that is where that couple resides. Not cool. Not not, not cool so into that. Move. Stop <laughs> pointing guns at protesters with your finger on the trigger. Come on. Yeah. I'm sure they're listening to our podcast and are gonna take my advice. So, thanks for listening, wow. everyone. I hadn't thought of it that way. Lydia's right. Yeah, <laughs> I should stop doing that. Oh, anyway, I guess yeah, people are probably here to here. hear about law school, allegedly. Yeah, imagine if for some reason they didn't know about the election until they heard the podcast. Breaking news <laughs> weeks later. Yeah. Uh, yeah, well, I actually, I have a little law school uh blurb little pitch i can oh give. oh uh, yeah and i mean we don't really have a theme for the week we're just kind of catching up since it's been a while so maybe this can serve as the law school thing um so listeners you probably know if you have ever sent a question to one of your friends in law school Asking them, like, what about this? What happens if this? And they respond, I can't give you legal advice. I'll try to answer your question, but just so you know, I'm not representing you as your attorney, whatever. And you're like, yeah, 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 come on. Um, (laughs) Well, that is definitely a thing. Megan and I literally cannot represent people. We cannot give legal advice. We're not attorneys yet. But As hard as we try. (laughs) which we don't for any uh, character in fitness. Right. Uh, we are never trying. So sorry. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we try to be good law students is what you meant, right? Not try to right. give legal. Uh, mm-hmm. Listeners, I have a very interesting opportunity for you. If you are a rising 1L and you have a little bit of extra time because of quarantine. If you are listening to this because you're vaguely interested in law, but don't really have any intentions on going to law school. If you, I don't know, I'm making up situations off the top of my head. Anyone can do this who has a high school degree. Um, And this, that's pretty unique. You can represent clients with a high school degree and become a legal expert for free in the field of tax through the IRS, there is a qualification called an enrolled agent. You can have the title of enrolled agent with the IRS. This is not a job that you apply for with the IRS. This is a qualification. It is a self-study program, which means that you don't have to pay for classes. You do it on your own. You just need some self-discipline, which is hard, but you know. You basically become an expert in tax. And when you take the exam, when you pass the exam, rather, you can then represent clients in front of the IRS. So if someone is going through, like, getting audited, 
and they need an expert, that could be you without going to law school, without paying for a degree. Um, that's pretty cool. That's pretty unique. I'll just say in, in the legal profession, like Megan and I could go through law school, take the bar exam. If we don't pass it, we cannot practice law. We have to keep taking the bar exam until we pass it. Then we can represent clients. Um, so I don't know. I think this is a very cool opportunity. Um, and it does not pigeonhole you into doing tax forever. Maybe you only have a vague interest in tax. Maybe you don't know if you have an interest in tax. It costs nothing to find out. And it's just a valuable thing to have in your pocket if you ever go on to do anything else because tax intersects with a lot of things. It intersects with corporate law. If you want to go make a ton of money in a firm, it intersects with you know, not corporate law, like social policies. A lot of those are funded through taxes, like just anything. And being able to represent clients, like building a relationship with clients, communicating with clients, those kind of soft skills. I mean, come on, that's going to look amazing on a resume, amazing to a law school application. I only just found out about this like this past week because we had a speaker come into our tax clinic and before he became a tax lawyer, he did this program. Um, and he thought that that was like, uh, actually, okay, so hold on, let me remember. He went to undergrad for accounting. Then he did this program. And then mm-hmm. he went to law school to do tax uh, law. So okay. he thought that this program like taught him the brass tax like better than accounting or tax law, probably because it's so specific. Um, and he said that there are like networks of enrolled agents to the IRS who like get together and network. I don't know. It just, you know, I don't, do you know of anything like this? That's like totally free. You just have to have a high school degree and then you can represent clients before a U.S. agency. It's insane. Uh, No, I, I, I don't know anything. I've never heard of anything like that. And actually I haven't, I have a question that, is slightly, it could potentially be embarrassing. (laughs) Um, So you say that you take this course and then you're qualified to represent clients in front of the IRS. Um, What court is this being heard in, if any court at all? Or are you just like, what's the venue for this hearing, I suppose? Um, Tax court is an Article I court, which means for the listeners that it's run through the executive branch, not through the judicial branch, right? Is that right? Yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah. (laughs) Sounds right. Mm -hmm. Yes. um, Bankruptcy court, tax court, and maybe immigration court are all different than criminal and civil courts and other ways. I'll just say that. I'll just say that they're different and not go into any further level of detail so I don't say something wrong. There we go. But I don't know if you're representing clients in front of the in hold on. I should have looked this up because that that's a very good question. It, like on the IRS page it just says you can represent clients in front of the IRS. Hold on. And now I'm curious. Yeah, I mean cuz my first thought is like I mean, in my experience, the IRS is just an agency that emails me and sends me letters. I have no idea. (laughs) 
like I understand that there's a brick and mortar building. Like I'm not an idiot, but at the same time, like who, unlike a court, like who is governing these <laughs> proceedings? You know what I mean? Like who am I talking to? Like, yeah, I thought it was just all robo <laughs> robo tiles. <laughs> no, well, no. Um, for our tax clinic, we are just communicating with the IRS. So, like, say that someone has um, made a mistake on their tax returns, and a couple years later, the IRS like notices it and reassesses their tax liability, like. There's a lot of common things people can do to mess up. Here's one. Here's a good example. Um, say that there's a married couple. Okay. They have the option of married filing separately, married filing jointly. And then there's something called head of household that has a very specific tax definition, but a very kind of generic um definition in like the layperson's term yeah yeah Uh, often people think it's like someone who like makes more money or like i was gonna say like the breadwinner right so there are distinct tax benefits you might get as head of household so people might put that and then the irs notices that that is incorrect because that only applies um when like one person is doing like a uh, I don't want to say it wrong on air. I'm going to look that up too. Um, but people will put it wrong and then they get reassessed. Now they owe the IRS $2,000. Well, oh. in, the, in the past time, it, like I'm just making up numbers. Let's say that like, say that it was, sometimes it's like three years late. I actually, I actually did my Massachusetts taxes wrong in 2017. It was really? totally my bad when I read it. When I read the letter, I was like, oh yeah, I did that. I did forget to put, include that. Um, money from a medical trial I was in lol so I have to pay Massachusetts a little bit of money but yeah it there's there's a lag usually so say that like in 2017 you filed something wrong and then they tell you in 2020 by the way you now owe us two thousand dollars well say between 2017 and 2020 you have like contracted an illness that has now like sapped you of your resources and you like can't pay two thousand dollars but it just keeps accruing like interest and penalties because you haven't been able to pay it and then the irs is like threatening to garnish your tax returns and um oh god you know other kind of things you could just communicate with the irs but you could also come to our tax clinic and we know which forms you need to fill out we know like how to fill out the forms. We call the IRS for you. And there are different kinds of like collections alternatives. So instead of the IRS sending debt collectors after you, we set up like an alternative way of resolving the debt where there are like two popular ones, one for our clinic, at least for low income taxpayer taxpayers. One might be um, an offer in compromise where we are trying to compromise with the IRS and say, Hey, you should, compromise with us look this person's not going to be able to pay the amount you're asking for right so why don't we call it even if they pay you one dollar um (laughs) and then then if we've done our job correctly they say yes which is pretty sick like i i called someone this week with good news and it was it was a really really nice moment Um, oh yeah i mean it's horrible that like so much of this 
financial stress could have just been solved with like um, healthcare for everyone, in my opinion. Uh, you know, people get in medical debt. Sure. Like, I'm not talking about a specific client. I'm talking about like a pattern of clients, but right. Yeah. Another way of doing it is being placed on currently non collectible status, which means that they, the debt is still there, but like the IRS acknowledges that like they can't collect the money from you right now because, um, of your financial situation. So they're, so, basi- they're basically just putting you on ice, like waiting. Yeah. Waiting. Yeah. So, um, <sighs> so I imagine that a, an enrolled agent could be contacting the IRS through a power of attorney form, like how we sign with our clients where they give us like their social security information and we are able to access their tax documents that the IRS has on them. Like most people can't just call the IRS and get like all the tax returns of someone that they know. You have to like have a special agreement with the client. And I'm imagining that an enrolled agent would, I think that's what they would be doing, but I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. I got nothing but questions. I still, (laughs) okay. What is an enrolled agent? An enrolled agent is a person who has earned the privilege of representing taxpayers before the Internal Revenue Service. Enrolled agents like attorneys and certified public accountants, CPAs, are generally unrestricted as to which taxpayers they can represent, what types of tax matters they can handle, and which IRS offices they can represent clients before. Um, Oh, there is a $182 fee um, to take the exam. So that's... So it's not completely free, but okay. I mean, still, that's a hell of a lot cheaper than a legal education. And so, like, if someone you know is going through an audit, um, I mean, it says unrestricted. You could maybe even represent, like, a small business instead of just a human, uh, an individual person. Like, I don't know. Like, any kind of tax issue, it goes through the IRS. So you're the one representing them. Ah. I don't know. It's cool. It's cool. Taxes are boring, but that's why people will pay you to do it for them. Like it's a very valuable skill, you know? Yeah. I never, I'd never really heard it argued that way, but I would agree with you. Yeah. The more boring the subject matter, the more willing people are to pay you to do it for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm just saying (laughs) y'all get on the tax train. I'm not going to pretend it's not boring, all right? (laughs) We're very realistic about just how boring this is. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) I pulled up Head of Household, too. And? And, um, You have to be... Sorry. Um, Do you have to have a house? Sorry, you have to be unmarried... By the last day of the year. So you could have been married part of the year, but by the end, you have to be unmarried. And you have to have paid more than half the cost of keeping up a home. And the qualified person who lives with you had to live with you for more than half of the year. So just imagine a family that's divorced and one, you know, maybe one 
person works abroad and this, the other parent, um, you know, is here living in the U.S. and like the child lives with them all year and the child is the qualifying person and this parent in the U.S. ends up paying for more than half of their expenses, of course, since they're living there. Um, and maybe the spouse or the, the ex-spouse sends some money, but less than half, then the IRS wants to give this, this ex-spouse who's like taking care of the child mostly, you know, mm-hmm. the, the tax benefit as opposed to the other parent abroad. Anyways. Okay. I've talked about tax too long. Sorry. 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 <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm sure this will appeal to at least one person. Yeah, come on, nerds. I know you're listening. Come on, on tax <laughs> nerds. <laughs> Name yourselves. <laughs> well, I want to know more about you now that I've talked. Me? 20- yeah. What's oh. going on with you? What's going on with me? Um, well, according to my uh, desktop countdown calendar thing, um, it's you know, 16 days until my first final and I am completely unprepared for it. Um, you know, which I think we've talked about on this podcast, like probably at least a dozen times I'm experiencing just, you know, a constant low grade dread. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, which is, I'm sure just shaving years off of my life, but here we are. Um, I mean, that's kind of my, my low, like I don't have, I don't have anything like particularly, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't have like a big period at the end of that sentence. It's just like an ongoing sense of dread. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What about we you? use the word dread on this podcast multiple times. It's a recurring theme. It is it's a good a word. Yes. Yeah. It's a motif. I, I definitely, mean- I definitely feel that i'll include that as a low and then add another one (laughs) yeah um my other low is that i've uh in my capacity as the treasurer of disability law caucus (laughs) not in my capacity as treasurer i've done one thing as treasurer but many more things as an informal just like public face uh uh-huh. we're all public faces but you know sometimes people message me directly instead of to the whole exec board um but i've heard from one else who are just still fighting with disability resources at washu and they still mm. don't have what they need and now it's like almost time for exams and you know i guess one of the good things about law school maybe is that you don't have to be turning in assignments every single class you kind of like it all you can kind of catch up at the end of the semester. At least that's what Megan and I are banking on as we yeah. talk about this low lying. Or <laughs> it can all catch up with you at the end of the semester, in which case you're <laughs> fucked. Yeah, maybe. Well, but, but I mean, I get, I'm trying to find a silver lining because for these one else who haven't gotten all of their accommodations in place now, which is an absolute travesty, at least maybe if they have their proper accommodations for exams, they'll be on closer to equal footing if they can find a good commercial outline, you know? Yep. I don't um, So that is just a low for me because I just hate it. Like this is an online semester. There should be plenty of 
freed up resources to help everyone. And these are one L's. This is their very first chance at having grades and it's going to impact their employment. And I don't know. It's just like, why was it so hard to get them accommodations that they needed? It was so horrible to hear that happening to my, my classmates, you know? Um, yeah. You, so yeah. I wanted to bring it up just because if you are a rising 1L, um, once you know which school you're going to, I would just recommend to start communicating with administration before school starts. Probably in writing would be great. And just like find out what they, how they're going to help you and what they are guaranteeing you. You are the client. You pay them. This is my, anytime I talk to administration, I'm just like, look, 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 look. The students, all right. (laughs) That plus like having rights (laughs) is another thing. But if the administration isn't being clear and isn't guaranteeing you the things that you have like rights to, I would recommend like... I don't know anyone who's done this. I don't know how it would go. I don't know if like lawyers want to spend their time doing this, but I would recommend hiring a lawyer to communicate with the administration for you. Administration, their lawyers, their people who went to law school, you know, and then decided yep. to like go into law school administration instead of being lawyers, they get it. What are they going to do? Like be mad at you for being like aggressive? No, they make money off of turning people into lawyers. All right. They know how to communicate with lawyers. It's fine. I'm just like, it would be expensive, but think about like how much money you're already spending for law school, how and time of your life, and like yes. how those two investments of your time and your money might be jeopardized by not having accommodations in place, and like how you have rights. So you're not you you're not you know ruffling feathers or being complicated or whatever. You're the client. You have rights. Like. Like, let's just get it in put what's what what's so horrible t- to me, like hearing other students' stories is knowing that they're going through that while they're also trying to be a law student. Especially one else. Oh my god, I can't Especially imagine having to navigate that. Yeah. Yeah. So um that's my controversial opinion. Uh is like hire a lawyer to <laughs> communicate with your law school administration, even though, even though it's a little aggressive. Can you imagine being a lawyer representing a law student against a law school? I think I would geek out on that. I would be like, yes, let's burn it down. <laughs> yeah. Even though, I mean, I, I do generally like my administration at Elon. Yeah. Um, yeah. I yeah. Like Washi's administration as well. I mean, this, disability resources um so like the law school administration is separate from like washu's general disability resources administration that's like for the entire school like all the grad schools and undergrads right that office just hired like a new um person a new like director or whatever this year and everything has just been chaotic so that's yeah. part of it. Yeah. We, we, huge project, huge, 
I the mean, amount of that, coordination that went into this, seriously, right. and, and stitching all the videos together and editing them and making sure everyone gets their videos in on time. And it just was so charming. And um, yeah, I huge high, even though like I only did two scenes, like the amount of time I put into this was like 20 minutes stops. Um, yeah. So that was a high and that uh, Dolly Parton has a Christmas movie coming out on Netflix that's a high too. It's something to look forward to. Um, <laughs> Dolly, brighten my holiday season. Yeah. I, that's I like. I life. want somebody to to do a Carl video for me. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, the kids coming up with their narration was so such a funny twist. Like, if it was an actual like biography of you, then when someone like portrays it in a not very good way it's like oh you know i don't know but, be, yeah no 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 like for sure like the fact that it's like half fact half fiction but the yes. kids are portray- but the kids believe it's all fact like that yes. it makes it so cute yeah and carl was like i learned so much about myself you know oh <laughs> at one part at one part he makes a, a car out of stones like all of these things i just thought were inside jokes <laughs> they're not they're not real at all but um yeah the person who made the video had just like assembled some stones and then like touched it a couple times and like the way they had video edited like it turned into a car (laughs) a gray car i loved it so much (laughs) oh so fun happy birthday carl hell yeah oh well i mean that was that's all i had for you those were my highs i mean honestly talking to you is kind of a high too because i miss being my friend I feel it when we don't have our 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 weekly check-in. I know the whole week felt fake, but now <laughs> we're back on track, and we are gonna work really hard on exams. And everyone listening, good luck on exams. You've got this. You got this. You got this. And in a month, it'll all be over, and we'll all be so drunk on eggnog, we'll have forgotten what con law even was. I've already forgotten what Kamala was. Cool. I never knew what it was to begin <laughs> with. So in the next two weeks, I hope Sorry. to learn it all and then forget it. Hell yes. Let's do it. <laughs> all right, buddy. Okay. Bye, friend. Bye, listeners. Bye.